Hey, listeners, get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road, work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Every weekday morning, I'll be sharing a strategy to help you take your day from great to awesome. In future episodes, we'll dive right into the tips. But in these first few episodes, I'm introducing myself. And I wanted to share a little bit about how I spend my time. You might call it a typical day or a day in the life of Laura with this caveat. I've spent the past 10 years studying people's schedules. And one of the first things I learned is that there are no typical days. When we describe a day as typical, what we're really saying is that this is how we'd like to see ourselves. This is the picture we wish to share of our lives. It's often not an actual hour-by-hour reality. Just as an example, when you ask people to describe a typical day, almost no one describes a weekend day, even though Saturday and Sunday constitute 29% of our days. Few people describe Friday either, even though this gets us up to 43% of our time. I guess typical days only happen Monday through Thursday, even though this is barely more than half the week. When we think of typical, we think of routine. It's just easier to describe something we do repeatedly, even if that repetition happens less frequently than you might imagine. That turns out to often be the case. Indeed, big time diary studies often find that more than half of respondents say the day they tracked was not typical. But this can't be true for the majority of people, or we need to change the definition of the word typical. It's kind of funny, but what this means in practice is that any study that asks people how much work they do on a typical day or how much they sleep on a typical day is going to be misleading. That's why I often ask people to describe yesterday, not a typical day, yesterday. Maybe yesterday wasn't typical for some reason or another, but it was a real day. It really happened. And we can learn a lot from that. So I'll give you both versions of my life just as an exercise. On a typical day, which by definition seems to be Monday through Thursday, I set my alarm for 6.45 a.m. I get up and shower, and then my husband and I spend 7 to 7.50 having family breakfast and getting kids ready for school. At 7.50, our nanny shows up, and I drive my oldest child to middle school. I come back around 8.10. I check email or do administrative work, and at 8.25, I get the middle two kids out to the bus stop. By 8.35, our nanny is fully on with our littlest kid, getting him ready for preschool, taking him, picking him up, doing activities with him, and I'm in my home office to start my workday. I aim to do deep work projects first, like writing and editing. Then I deal with emails and phone calls. I grab lunch somewhere around noon, usually eating at my desk. Then I work until 2.30 or so, at which point I go run outside. My goal is 3.1 miles. That's a 5K for any runners out there. 
I come back, change, and work until 4 p.m., at which point kids start getting off buses. I chat with them and then drive to some kid activity or another. We often eat dinner somewhere between 5 and 6.45, depending on the activity schedule for the evening. I'm often doing emails or work reading in the middle of all this. My husband comes home in here if he's not traveling. The little guy goes to bed between 7.30 and 8. The seven-year-old gets her stories at 8.45. The big boys go up around 9 p.m. to read in their room. I may read or work, shut the house, turn the boys' lights off at 10, and I aim to be in bed myself before 11. So that's a typical day. Now I'll describe yesterday, which, since I wrote the script on a Tuesday, was a Monday. My husband had flown to Europe on Sunday night, so he wasn't in the picture. I set my alarm for 6.45 a.m., but my four-year-old woke up at 5.30. I was definitely not prepared to deal with the day at this point. So I got him a snack and let him watch YouTube videos from 5.45 to 6.45, so I could go back to sleep. I got up at 6.45 and spent the next two hours playing with kids, getting them breakfast, and doing random household tasks that I can't really remember. It was our neighbor's turn to drive the carpool to middle school, so there was a little extra time in here. I finally got my own breakfast at 8.15 and wolfed it down before the bus stop fun. At 8.35, I went for a run in my neighborhood since I wasn't sure it could happen later. I did not hit 3.1 miles. I came back, got myself cleaned up, and did an hour of work before going to my youngest child's preschool to celebrate his fourth birthday. I read a story and brought snack and helped everyone get in boots and coats to play on the snowy playground. After... I came home and worked until 3, at which point I packed my bags and drove to the airport to travel to Houston for a speech. I had been told to be early because of some potential TSA issues, which turned out to be nothing. That's good, but then I had an hour to kill in the airport. I never spend time at the airport well. I got a snack, not a virtuous one, and scrolled aimlessly before getting on my flight. On the plane, I intended to write something, but I wound up reading a magazine for the first hour. Then I ate dinner. I read a book I was reviewing for the Wall Street Journal, so at least that was work. And I listened to a podcast for the last half hour while paging through Hemispheres magazine, reading stories about United's customer service team. We landed around 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. I walked through the airport, met my driver, and stared out the window at the Houston strip malls as we drove downtown. I checked into my room and pretty much crashed. Well, not really. I lay in bed for 45 minutes reading snarky comments on Twitter before falling asleep at 11 p.m. Eastern, which was 10 p.m. Central. So there are some similarities between a typical day and yesterday. There are also some differences. Adding it up, I only did about five hours of work yesterday, whereas my description of a typical day easily clocks nine or more. Looking at Instagram for an hour in the airport isn't work, nor is looking at a magazine on the plane. Looking at Twitter in my hotel room also isn't work. My description of a typical day did not include three hours of low-quality leisure time, but they happened. On the plus side, visiting my son's preschool for an hour isn't typical either, but it happened. Atypical doesn't mean good or bad. It is what it is, just like time itself. This might be an interesting exercise for you, too. Describe what you think of as a typical day, and compare it to yesterday. By the way, I know exactly how I spent the day I just reported because I tracked my time, and I've been doing so for the past four years. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. But by comparing a typical day and a real day, I think you can learn a lot about yourself, your life, 
and what matters to you. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. Got a tip or a question? You can share them with me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also email me at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. For the email, just spell those words out. I look forward to connecting and learning how you make the most of your time. Hey, listeners. I know you love mornings. And with nearly 300 beaches in Puerto Rico, each one is a reason to wake up early and catch a picture-perfect sunrise. Puerto Rico has nearly 300 miles of coastline, and the island's diverse geography offers everything, from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water, to stunning black sand beaches, and beaches perfect for water sports. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.